Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from Rapidly Rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial and anywhere on the planet at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we're going to have another episode of One Thing in Common. That's it. Just one giant One Thing in Common. But instead of having to guess what the commonality is, I'm going to tell you right off the bat that everything on this week's show has to do with one person and someone you hear regularly on the show. He's had a number of birthday salutes in the past, but tonight we'll have some new information and a few recordings not played on the show before. Last week, December 6th, marked the birth in London, England of Robert Efros to George Efros and Kelty Kate Silverblatt. He's better known as trumpeter Bob Efros, but around here, thanks to his eldest granddaughter, Barbara Efros, who lives here in Southern California and has been a fan of the show for the last decade, he's known as GBE, or more affectionately, Grandpa Bob. The family emigrated to the U.S., arriving in New York in mid-December 1903 on their way to Memphis, Tennessee, to join family already here, and where, as a child, Bob met the father of the blues, W.C. Handy. At age 11, Bob left home and was hired as a purser on a Mississippi riverboat. His musical career started with him playing drums, but he soon switched to the cornet and was a bugler in the U.S. Army, from 1917 to 1919. Following his service, he settled in Baltimore, where he was in the orchestra backing the shimmy queen, B. Palmer. When he arrived in New York, his only acquaintance was his friend from Memphis, W.C. Handy, who sent Efros to Sam Lennon, who hired him to play in his Roseland Orchestra at the Roseland Ballroom. Bob was a member of the Vincent Lopez Orchestra from 1921 to 1927, performing nearly constantly in New York and Europe. Other band leaders with whom he worked were Benny Goodman, Fletcher Henderson, Red Nichols, Harry Reeser, and Ben Selvin, who became a lifelong friend. In 1929, Bob was leading his own orchestra, which recorded two sides for Brunswick. As a member of the Max Fleischer Orchestra in the 1930s, Efros is heard on dozens of Betty Boop, Popeye, and Felix the Cat cartoons. Bob Efros died peacefully in his sleep on September 12, 1983, in New Haven, Connecticut. You've no doubt heard the saying, laughter is the best medicine. Barbara is in the process of writing a book about her grandfather to be titled Bob Efros, The Laughing Trumpeter, which refers to a number of recordings on which he is producing what is usually described as maniacal laughter. And here are three healthy doses of cachination. Thank you. 
Captain, where's Olaf? Here he comes now. <laughs> Clico Club Eskimos, under the direction of Harry Reeser, also heard playing banjo, on Olaf. Subtitled, You Oughta Hear Olaf Laugh. On the very colorful Leo Feist sheet music, it's spelled L-A-F-F. L. Wolf Gilbert wrote the lyrics, sung there by Tom Stacks, and Abel Bear wrote the music. Takes two and four from January 28, 1929, were issued on Columbia 1718-D. Before Olaf, Ben Selvin and his orchestra with Smile, Darnya, Smile. Max Rich wrote the music, with the Jack Maskell and Charles O'Flynn lyrics sung not by the Happiness Boys, but the Sunshine Boys, Joe Mooney and Dan Mooney, who were unrelated. Both takes one and two from February 27, 1931, were issued on Columbia 2421-D, and 38240. We started the show with Fred Sugar Hall and his Sugar Babies and Mame Inez, 
written by Eliseo Grenet, with Fred Hall singing Grenet's Spanish lyrics. English lyrics were written by L. Wolf Gilbert. I can't imagine why, but this recording made June 12, 1930, was not issued. Olaf, You Ought to Hear Olaf Laugh, was written for the show Chauve Souris. In French, Chauve Souris translates literally as bald mouse, but refers to bats. Staged by Nikita Baliev, the show had runs in Paris and London before opening at Jolson's 59th Street Theater on January 22, 1929, where it ran for just 47 performances. Just three days before the Clico Club Eskimos recorded Olaf, another Harry Reeser group, the Six Jumping Jacks, recorded it, also with Tom Stack singing, and also with Grandpa Bob providing the laughter, albeit in a quite different voice, as you'll hear in this Compare and Contrast. He'll sink the ship with his big tail. You ought to hear Olaf laugh. Oh, you ought to hear Olaf laugh. There's only one thing left to do. Let's save the ship and sink the crew. You ought to hear Olaf laugh. Oh, you ought to hear Olaf laugh. With a ha-ha-ha and a he-he-he and a great big ho-ho-ho. I laugh, you laugh, just like Olaf, yes. No, the captain said, you've heard me speak, just use your head and stop the leak. Oh, you ought to hear, ought to hear, ought to hear, all laugh, laugh. Since you came my way, dear, every 
today's a May Day play day when I see you smile to me then life's worthwhile when I look at you dear all my dreams come true dear I'm in love with you And the cockeyed world's all wrong. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, I'm laughing. So I hold the rent and my dough is spent and my best gal said so long. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, I'm laughing. Every little raindrop makes the grass grow green. Laughing makes the pain stop. For every laugh rides on a sunbeam If you fret cause the world's all wet Don't forget this little song <laughs> Oh, ho, ho, keep laughing <laughs> fairly common practice in the 19-teens and 20s to have two tunes on a record with the label giving the first title, followed by intro, or introducing, the second title. It was a way to include two tunes without having to pay royalties on the second one. And you just heard an example. That was Ben Selvin and his orchestra on Columbia 1964-D, issued with both takes one and two from September 7, 1929. Both tunes were written by Lynn F. Cowan and Paul Titsworth, from whom you'll be hearing additional titles in upcoming shows. And before that was Olaf by the Six Jumping Jacks from Columbia 1718-D, January 25, 1929, with some rather high-pitched laughter from Bob Efros instead of his usual bass guffawing. Bob Efros was also a composer with more than a dozen credits to his name, including Why the Twenties Roared, Getaway Jitterbug, A Million Reasons to Smile, and these. ¶¶ 
The band is credited as Calloway's Hot Shots, but has nothing whatsoever to do with Cab Calloway. It's actually Frank Roan's Pennsylvanians, directed by violinist Carl Gross with Why Don't You Get Lost, written by Phil Wall, J. Russell Robinson, and Robert Efros. Take Two, from June 2, 1932, was issued on Victor 24037, as well as on the Bluebird and Sunrise labels. 
The solo vocalist sounds to me like the anonymous singer identified only as Snowball. If anyone knows just who Snowball is, please let me know. Before that was Spencer's Dance Orchestra being heard on the show for the first time with Tin Ear from Regal 8514, recorded February 10, 1928. I don't know if this Herbert Spencer is a real person or not. He could be Herbert Spencer, composer of Kiss Me With Your Eyes and Me Nina, but is not John Williams' orchestrator for Star Wars, Herbert Spencer, and definitely not the English anthropologist, Herbert Spencer, who coined the phrase survival of the fittest. In any case, composer Herbert Spencer will be getting his first birthday segment on the June 2nd show next year. I've played it by Joe Herlihy, Paul Specht, and Van and his Hotel Half Moon Orchestra, but we started the set with Grandpa Bob and Phil Wall's composition Corn Fed, with an exclamation point on the label of Harmony 545-H. That was Fletcher Henderson's orchestra, credited as the Dixie Stompers, on May 12, 1927. Next time, perhaps I'll play the only British recording of Corn Fed by the Rhythmic Eight. Bob Efros could be heard all over the radio in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s on programs including The Hit Parade, The Camel Hour, Brunswick Brevities, The Fenement Show, and The Fleischmann Yeast Hour, as heard here. to our original group of seven Connecticut Yankees, a trio of brass. That is, two trumpets and a trombone. There are orchestras that have larger teams of brass. However, among our three is a very rotund trumpet player who has turned composer for the moment to write and arrange this tune, which is also playing with us. He's called it, Why Don't You Get Lost?
We just heard a vocal version of Why Don't You Get Lost, but there you have a portion of the Fleischmann Yeast Hour from July 7, 1932, featuring Bob Efros on trumpet with his instrumental arrangement of the tune. By all accounts, Bob Efros was always a happy, jocular fellow, so even after Rudy Valley's impudent introduction of him on national radio, as heard on that transcription disc, the worst Bob would do in talking to family and friends about Valley was to refer to him as the rude dude. The Philco Company started out in 1892 as the Helios Electric Company making carbon arc lamps. In 1906, it became the Philadelphia Storage Battery Company making batteries for electric vehicles. The Philco brand first appeared in 1919. In 1926, Philco decided to start making radios, and in 1930, Philco was the leading radio manufacturer in the country. As part of their advertising strategy, on September 16, 1927, they began sponsoring a weekly broadcast on the NBC network called the Philco Hour. Grandpa Bob was part of the Philco Orchestra for years, and here are a couple of transcriptions. And this is Philco's old stager again, and we resume our program with the Philco Orchestra playing That's the Plenty.
There you have a portion of a Philco Hour program from 1930 with a performance of That's a Plenty by the Philco Orchestra, featuring Bob Efros on trumpet. The announcer and host of the show was Henry M. Neely, also known as Philco's Old Stager. And, of course, as sponsor of the show, Philco also presented advertisements, like this one, also from 1930. Does your radio set annoy you when you tune in a distant station and think you're going to enjoy it? And then it fades out fainter and fainter and finally disappears like this. Is that a pretty fair imitation of the way distant stations fade out on your set? They don't do that on the new Philco set. Philco has a built-in and entirely automatic volume control that holds a distant station at constant volume. You don't have to worry about this control. It works all by itself without being touched. With it, you'd get the station like this, playing a new tune written by our trumpet player, Bob Efros, and it's called Tin Ear. Here's how Philco will hold it for you, even from a distant station. for your local announcer to identify this program so that those of you who tuned in late will know who we are and what it's all about. Here he is.
This is your local announcer, Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, all about toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s on KISL Avalon. This is a special one-birthday edition of the show, celebrating trumpeter Bob Efros, born December 6, 1900. Here's a recording of a tune not written, played, or arranged by Bob Efros. It's being heard on the show for the first time, and as to why I'm playing it, I'll tell you on the other side. Oh, I met a man from the South. Yes, I met a man from the South. He had a big cigar in his mouth, so I knew he came from the South. Hudson's Melody Men with The Man from the South. That Edison Bell Radio 78, number 1336, was recorded in London around March 31, 1930, and featured the vocal by Sam Brown, Harry Hudson, and members of the band. The Man from the South was written by Harry Woods and Rube Bloom. Smoking is not good for you, and I don't recommend it. That said, I enjoy a bowl of Peterson Connoisseur's Choice in my 70s Peterson Bent 
or a fine cigar several times a year. Fortunately, cigarettes are one of the few bad habits I've managed to avoid. I played the man from the South because, as a lifelong smoker of cigars, it was one of Grandpa Bob's favorite songs. I would love to have had the opportunity to spend some time with him over a cigar. And I'm sure, like me, Grandpa Bob didn't smoke inexpensive cigars. As Barbara told me, ironically, despite being the only stout one of the Efros brothers and smoking heavily until he was 80, he outlived his younger brothers by 10 to 15 years, and a chest x-ray at age 80 showed almost no evidence of smoking. Even so, as part of his wedding gift to granddaughter Barbara, on his 80th birthday, Bob stopped smoking cold turkey. For the rest of the show, I've pulled out some records featuring Grandpa Bob, but which I've not played on the show before.
you come and hold my hand I've had sweeties by the score But I never get what I'm looking for Cause I'm a lonely and lanky mama Looking for a loving man Now Cleopatra had lots of sheiks She called her own Well, I don't care who Sheik is, if I can get him all alone. I want a Romeo when lights are low to love me like a dynamo. I'm looking for someone who will make me do most any little thing that he wants me to. And if he should catch me trifling all around, why even wouldn't stop at beating and knocking me down? Cause I'm an osculating, palpitating, agitating mama, looking for a loving man. I want a syncopating, ejaculating, never hating papa, one to come and hold my hand. Of course he don't have to be of the best just as long as he can stand the endurance test cause i'm a lonely and lanky mama still looking looking for a loving man ethel waters accompanied by pearl wright on piano with long lean lanky mama written by mitzi richards both takes one and two from July 11, 1929, were issued on Columbia 14458-D. Ethel Waters was preceded by the Jimson Brothers, who were waiting for a train. The Jimson Brothers weren't brothers at all, but were, in fact, Frank Luther and Carson Robison. Jimmy Rogers wrote Waiting for a Train, perhaps while waiting for a train, and made the first recording of it on October 22, 1928. The Jimson Brothers' pseudonym was used on Edison 52578-L, recorded April 23, 1929. Roy Smeck played banjo and guitar, and the discography of American historical recordings says GBE's presence is not confirmed, but I'm choosing to believe it is he on the record. We started the set with the Columbia Dance Orchestra Deluxe with Let It Rain, Let It Pour, I'll Be in Virginia in the Morning written by Walter Donaldson and Cliff Friend. Columbia 329-D was waxed March 7, 1925. There's lots more information and music by Bob Efros and his friends and fellow musicians at bobefros.blogspot.com. Please also check out the Facebook pages Bob Efros Jazz Trumpeter, Ben Selvin Appreciation Society, and Vincent Lopez Appreciation Society. And I hope you'll visit the Rapidly Rotating Records Facebook page, leave a comment and a like, and visit our website, rapidlyrotatingrecords.com. You can also send email to glenn at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or send cards, letters, and E++ or better copies of Rare 78s to Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you. 
for your very kind attention.